Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Where can you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salads, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit Sweet Island Vibes. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Rating Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. The, the Cool Shop. shop. Oh, it's hot in here. Would you please just... Look, it's him. America, if you need starters, spark plugs, ball joints, gaskets, camshafts, U-joints, or rocker arms, anything that can be screwed or glued to that car or truck of yours, come see old Ray. Hey, you want a guarantee? I got a guarantee stamped on every box. He's got really weird hair. (laughs) But more important is the guarantee that I make to the American worker. I want your truck to help you get the job done. I want your cruiser to get out there safely so you can clean up the streets. And I want your kids to be safe when you take them for a ride. Thanks, Ray. Thank you, son. The name's Zelinsky. I make car parts for the American working man because that's what I am. And that's who I care about. John Zelinsky's the auto parts kid. America's in a state of renewal. We gotta have the strength to tie a few factories to a tree and bash them with a shovel. Meanwhile, if I can grab your share of the market, put a little coin in my pocket by being the ass, what the hell, know what I mean, guys? Boy, you sure are different in your TV commercials. What the American public doesn't know is what makes them the American public, all right? Yeah, I love that. Hell, folks, believe me when I tell them. We're not just building automotive components here. We're adding horsepower to American industry. But the Callahan factory's been in my family for 70 years. You can't just shut it down. Son, you got to look at it from my point of view. Callahan's a premium name. That's what I'm buying. I can make the parts in one of my factories, put them in a Callahan box, and sell them in my stores at a premium price. Why keep your factory going when all I want is the damn box? I'll tell you why, because there's a town involved here. Callahan factory's the only thing keeping it alive. Countries change, the old rules don't apply. I buy bulk parts from Hong Kong and ship them through countries you've never even heard of. With the kickbacks I get, I can afford to shove Hamilton's up some two-bit president's nose. Blitzed on coke and happy as a clam, he shaves down on the local bribes. That way, we get the New York protection boys all covered because we take the money we take from there and transfer it to them. They don't mess with my...
my dock workers and with the cash they make, they can buy khaki plastic slip covers for every stick of furniture they own and still have enough left over to buy the good label vino, get drunk and puke in the backseat of a car that's fitted with my shocks. See the juggle I got going here? You see, we're not just building automotive components here. We're adding horsepower to American business. Excuse me, sir. Yes. It's the bat phone. <laughs> to the bat balls. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. You're ready to move up. This is Richard Rawlings from Gas Monkey Garage, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So get you some of that. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google TanTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, if you've missed any of our past shows. 300. And 20, close to 330, and going strong. Check out the podcast page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Actually, you can Google Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it should take you right there. But at any rate, Bobby, would you like to uh, do the social media honors? Actually, he's got a, a caller on the phone. So when he gets done here in a second. I'm on the phone! Oh, sorry about that. I, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Social so, media? Yeah, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Periscope. YouTube, LinkedIn, at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, or at NRC On Air. How about that? Now, if you go to our website, CallStreamMotorsports.com, you're going to notice that it says Site Under Construction. That is because we are revamping and redoing our website. Bobby is the uh, talented designer behind the new concept that we're working on right now, so we're going to try to make it easier and better for you guys to find out all about Gulfstream Motorsports and Nostalgic Radio Cars. In fact, Bobby, if I remember correctly, you said that this one, this website that we're working on, is actually a little bit more conducive to the iPhone or a, a cell phone. Uh, any smartphone, any, actually. Yeah, any smartphone. Yep. So it formats, so I understand this correctly, me being an old schooler and a flip phoner, so it formats more to a smartphone, correct? It's um, a mobile-optimized site, basically. Okay, mobile-optimized site. So it ha- it is uh, it has a... Yes, a special format that is um, designated for sp- strictly for smartphones. Excellent, yes. excellent. And works well on a website. And works well, well on a computer as well. And we're going to have some other great developments coming around, like easier ways to find out information about our radio show, and uh, we'll get that to you when it comes. That's exactly right. Now, a couple updates. What's going on this weekend? This weekend in Zephyr Hills, the Zephyr Hills Auto Fest. That's uh, over in Zephyr Hills. Okay, that's uh, the fastest way to get there from for anybody in the Clearwater area is just take I-275 to I-4. When you get to the Tampa Fairgrounds, hang a, a right and then loop around the overpass and go straight up 301 for about 20 minutes and it'll be on your right. Can't miss it. Okay, get a lot of people going there. I will be there. There's also going to be an auction there by uh, Jim Tate Auctions. We'll be doing the auction up there. He may come on the show a little bit later. We may have another guest coming on from uh, Zephyr Hills. SEMA is the big deal next week. SEMA starts actually now, and uh, they're getting ready for everything. They're setting up over there. Officially, it starts Monday. Actually, Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday is uh, kind of some stuff going on, but the peripheral stuff. Basically, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Friday they have the big deal. Um, so we'll, we, 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 if we get there, we're scheduled to be there. Uh, we will be doing a live remote from there. Um, also this weekend, I think this weekend is the 30th, right? Okay. The 30th up in uh, Ocala at Horsepower Ranch is the, uh, uh, Ocala Pumpkin Festival. 
Um, something also interesting on November 5th, the following week, is uh, a little something I found I was reading up on, and it's uh, Viva Alpha Show, and that's over at Celebration, which is over right there by Disney World for all you Alpha Romeo fans. Probably other Italian classics will be there. St. Pete Yacht Club, downtown St. Pete. It's called the St. Pete Yacht Club Vintage Motor Classic. That's also November 5th. That's right here in our own backyard down by the Vinoy Park. Straub Park area, and on the uh, third week, or second or third week in uh, November, is the Lakeland Classic, uh, Carlisle Fall Classic, and uh, that is November 10th through the 13th over at the uh, fairgrounds over there in Lakeland. Now, if you want to find out about all these car shows that I'm talking about, besides checking our events page at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, or I should say GulfstreamMotorsports.com, check out FloridaCarshows.com, right? FloridaCarshows.com. You can find out about all the stuff going on in the state of Florida. Pretty yes. Good, pretty, yes. Good, pretty good website. That is FLACarshows.com. That's right. your specific web address. Now, this past weekend, we did something a little bit different. Our Saturday, actually, was the uh, British Car Show in downtown Safety Harbor. We'll highlight that in a, little, in a little bit. And Sunday, we did something that was kind of like a last-minute decision. We actually went down to Punta Gorda to the International Air Show. Right, Bobby? Yes, we did. Now, if you visit 35th our... 35th Annual. The 35th Annual, right. Now, if you go to our website... Uh, website facebook page we got a couple cool shots of some pictures of uh, some planes out there and uh, there's one in particular that's really really wicked you need to check it out it shows a picture of this little uh, sport plane kind of like a little uh, pits or something like that i think they call it and it's kind of flying kind of i'll just say cockeyed i don't know what the technical term is but it was what they call what lighted the fire or something like that wasn't it uh, wall of fire wall of fire okay and right when the plane actually what they were going to do they were going to stage this so that this uh um, jet truck, okay, this Ford 750 jet truck, which has three jet engines on it. What, unfortunately, it had a fuel leak, so they couldn't do it. So they just did the plane by itself. And basically, these two were going to kind of run side by side and kind of race through there a little bit. And then uh, they were going to ignite this wall of fire. And then you're going to see these tremendous giant flames. And then both of these vehicles, or the airplane and the vehicle, fly by or drive by, fly by and drive by. <laughs> fly by and drive by. Fly by and drive by, right. But what happened was is the, the truck malfunctioned, so they just did it with a plane. And I'll tell you what, I just happened to be clicking the camera off right at that time, so we got a pretty good shot. So whether you believe it or not. Yeah, you know, it's funny because... And you know what? Retweet it and send it to your friends and see if they believe it. Yeah, that's true. Because what's really interesting is it actually looks very cartoonish. It doesn't look real, but it is real, trust me. And. uh all right, what do you got turned uh, turned on, turned on? Spinning around on the turn em up table there. You got something? Let's see. We can do open mind. Yeah, we have uh, this today, tonight, what we're going to do, because we're going to be talking about some of the car shows and stuff like that, but uh, we're going to play a little psychedelic 60s, early 70s music for you. So this is a band called Open Mind, and the name of the song is... Magic Potion. Magic Potion. Hey, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars Don't Touch That Dial. We'll be right back with our special guest.
Guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Rating Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. TheCoolShop.com. Hey, I'm Christy Lee from All Girls Garage and Barrett Jackson on Velocity, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and boy, guys, ladies, gentlemen, listeners, viewers, car guys, everybody, I got a very special guest for you this evening. I have the one, the only, I think, the coolest car guy on the planet. I have Aaron Kaufman from Fast and Loud, Gas Monkey Garage. Aaron, are you there? Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Pretty, what, a, what a nice intro. Yeah, well, gee whiz, I am very delighted to have you come on the show here. Of course, we did an interview with you a couple of years ago, but again, thank you very much for taking the time out. And I know you're really busy because you're cramming for SEMA, so tell us what you guys got going on over there. Well, to tell you the truth, well, we're actually uh, working on something for uh, Hot Wheels looking to debut a uh, second go-around in L.A. the week after SEMA. Uh, our SEMA stuff's pretty much uh, put to bed. The biggest thing we're going to have uh, out there is uh, obviously our 3100 Havilland's taking over to the Apex show, and they uh, they just announced the winner of the our little uh, 49 Chevy pickup truck, and so that'll be over there. But at the SEMA show, at the SCT booth, we'll have our um, our Pantera, our 3.5 twin turbo EcoBoost Pantera. It'll be uh, at the I don't remember the booth number, but it'll be at SCT. So come by and check it out. Well, now was that the one you did on the, one of the episodes? Is that the white one? Yes, sir. It is a white one. Okay, tell us a little bit about that car, because uh, you guys had a little issue there, whether you wanted to go with a V8 or whether you wanted to go with an EcoBoost. I saw that, uh, and that was a pretty well, cool show. Oh, oh, thanks very much. But, uh, you know, the Pantera, we we bought several of them, and uh, most of them had a lot of problems, uh, and, and we just never built one. We'd get them running and sell them, and we never kept one long enough. And I was always curious about it. When it comes to mid-engine transaxle cars, you know, it seems it's a whole different genre. I mean, almost kind of nearing supercar stuff. But being powered by a 351 and really an anemic 351, and there's been tons of turbo ones, supercharged ones, Coyote LS, a lot of versions of it. But there's one motor that's not getting much attention. It's the EcoBoost. One reason is because it is a difficult swap, but the next thing is there's zero support for it. There's very little. If you have an EcoBoost-powered vehicle, there's plenty of help for it. But making one live in a vehicle that didn't come in, well, that's a different story altogether. And we like a good challenge. And so I really, really thought it would be fun. And uh, it was definitely fun, but challenging might be a more appropriate word. We had a lot of bumps along the way. But uh, as of right now, there are only a handful of uh, EcoBoost uh, uh, swapped vehicles. And I do a very small handful. And we're, we're happy we finally wrapped up all the tuning and, all, and working everything out. 
We were able to put down 500 foot-pounds of torque and 475 horsepower on the ground on pump gas, and uh, we are thrilled to death with the drivability of the car, and it's just a heck of a lot of fun. Wow. Now, how hard was it to mate that thing to that ZF gearbox? Well, so the maintenance up to a ZF gearbox, uh, and obviously it came up to, to use ZF or not. It's the original Transax before it. The one thing is it's not incredibly strong. It's really not known for its strength or, or its extreme performance. We made some upgrades to it, but uh, we decided to retain it. We just didn't have it in the budget to put a Mendiolo or a Weddle or something like that in the in the car. And so, we, and also, we were worried about the, the torque spike on it, but we figured if it was driven responsibly, then uh, I don't mean slow, but I do mean responsibly, that, I, that it would be okay. And so we decided to go with it. Uh, we turned to the people we always turn to when it comes to my weird swaps, and I've got a stack of bell housings by QuickTime. And uh, they don't they don't balk, they don't bat an eye when I say I've got this motor, this thing right here, these are the numbers, this is what I'm after. They say, you make this, we'll make this, and, and we put it all together. And uh, so QuickTime uh, knocked out a, a really nice bell housing, and uh, we worked uh, with Hayes, and we put a, a really nice clutch in the deal, and we've been incredibly happy with the results, and uh, no, no fractures, no problems. Uh, we actually uh, wasted the rings in the motor early on, and we had to go back in, pull the motor, and redo it. But we've had no, no transactional issues, no clutch issues. Wow, that's good. So they actually CNC machined one for you then, a bell housing. Yep, yep. They've uh, worked that out, and I've I've got an even more. I've even got a stranger one at the house coming up. But the uh, but the three five Eco Boost to uh, ZF was def is definitely an interesting combination. Okay, tell us a little bit about the Porsche. I just happened to be watching the episode last night, and I saw you guys were doing an LS swap. Now I'm a Ford guy, but and I appreciate really cool stuff. Nobody's put a Ford motor in a Porsche yet, but you did the LS deal. So tell us a little bit about that one. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, I, you know, I hate to admit, I'm a Ford guy too, and I've got extreme love for my Chevrolet. But I'll tell you this, when it comes when it comes to LSs, it's like I hate to jump on the bandwagon, but they are the most efficient, the smallest, most powerful, most cost effective swap there is. And this is coming from a Ford guy. I love them, but to get right down to it, nothing's cheaper, nothing makes more power. And so the uh, so the LS seemed like a logical answer. I haven't found anything that the LS doesn't fit in better than its original motor. And so we, you know, I think the 996 is a great car. It's got a little goofy front end on it, and it's a it's a cheap car. So you get a lot of the performance that you expect out of Porsche that. But you get it at a reasonable cost because 996s weren't that great a car to begin with, and they moved out of that body pretty quickly, and they've moved on in their older cars now. So we found an economical way to have an extremely powerful Porsche without spending you know all the do re mi. And to get right down to it, you know while it while it is uh, very tight in some areas, it's easier to change the spark plugs on our, our V8 uh, Porsche than it is to change them on the flat six. It's so much easier to actually get in there and work on it. You can get your hands around it. In fact, the sad part was it left plenty of room for uh, for boost. And we, I mean, obviously, it just wasn't in the time frame or in the budget, but there's plenty of room for uh, for a lot more upgrades on that. But the neat thing is everyone goes, well, isn't it, isn't it really uh, rear-heavy? The truth of the matter is absolutely not. So the balance of the car is not affected at all. In fact, we weigh somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 pounds less than the turbo version of that car, and we make a lot more power, a lot more torque, and uh, we definitely a lot quicker. Now, watching the show, it seemed like you pretty much got uh, the uh, new 991 turbo off the line, and then it wasn't until he really spooled up over hundreds where he kind of started walking away from you a little bit. Well, you know, t- Magic of TV, they don't show you everything. It's actually oh. really interesting. The, fir- the first of the, we raced four times on that. The first race actually uh, ate that green car's lunch. And so oh, we did really? about 30, 30 to 130. We were doing uh, a little over 140 when we come through the traps or something like that at the end of it. And it was, I mean, it was a pretty crude setup. But uh, the little silver car, first time trip got in, he just turned the key on and took off. So obviously all the nanny and safety controls were in place. And so whenever we took off, I got him in second, third, fourth, fifth, and rolled all the way out on him. Well, 
the uh, on the on the the subsequent races uh, with everything turned off and letting it just letting it eat. Whenever he got in, I got him in second, third, fourth, and we got into fifth. It would stay in fifth long enough that could really start building boost and roll out. And so with all the nanny controls uh, removed, uh, the our, our little NA car just didn't quite have the ability to pull him, you know, in excess of uh, you know 130 miles an hour. So. But 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 get right get right down to it. Our our junkyard Porsche with a a borderline pickup truck motor uh, hangs pretty good with a two hundred thousand dollar car. <laughs> I say I say you did a great job on that. I mean, you know, Aaron, I got to tell you, I I watch the show a lot and I see you, you know, racking your brains out on some of that stuff. But I mean, you really, I mean, I I mean, I think out of all the shows, you really come up with some of the wildest stuff. But it's also well engineered. And for those of us that are car guys, we can kind of read between the lines a little bit. We kind of see what you kind of go through. You know, we're familiar with the parts and all this stuff. What are some sure. of the, what are some of the other projects that you've worked on here in the last uh, season that you really, really kind of agonized over with? But boy, at the end, you were just like thrilled. Man, uh, I'm trying to think with uh, with that. I, I mean, to be honest, the one the one that's been that I've been wearing me out the most is. Uh, is the, uh, the the current build right now? It's a thousand horsepower center drive mid engine Econoline van truck thing, and so there have been some interesting uh, uh, you know challenges. Let's say, but right now it looks like we've got pretty much they pretty much got them all whoops. Um, I don't think I'm trying to think if we've done anything really really weird lately, but we definitely we definitely have a, a lot of. Um, a lot of interesting scenarios to work through. That definitely happens often. I just I can't think of anything that's too strange right off the top of my head right now. Okay, what are you working on inside? So when you're not doing Gas Monkey and uh, or Fast and Loud, what do you do? what does Aaron Coffin do on the side? I mean, do you get burned uh, out? Do you get is, do you get burned out of cars, or do you just kind of like you just it's like you're it's in your blood and you got to go do it? So when you're not there on the set, you're working on your own projects. Absolutely, absolutely. This is I mean, as sad as it is, I mean, this is the only thing. That I do. So when we go home at night, if I've got it in me, I go back into my shop, fire up, and we roll again. Um, and you know, the funny thing is, everyone sees us build cars on the show, and they don't believe the time frames. They're absolutely well. I say that. I don't know what you see on TV, but let me put it this way: if you see for the first four years, if you saw it in one episode, it was built in two weeks, and then there's a couple of days, maybe a week of push where we're working out the bugs or kinks, uh, if it has any. And then if you saw it in two episodes, where you saw it was built in four weeks for the same thing, a few days to uh, a week of push on it, just putting a guy on it working out the bugs this this year as of january we moved to three weeks and six weeks on it and then so so we just we blast and blast and blast but everyone thinks that it's just so impossible to build a car that fast we do but so everyone understands i've been building the truck for a very good friend of mine the c10 and uh, i've been working on it about 14 15 months now at home so my projects at home move at about the same pace as everybody else's if not slower uh but uh I've got a couple things going. Been working on a C10, uh, maintaining the Falcon, and then uh, you know I've just I've been collecting parts. I'm going to build a uh, an, I've got an F100 unibody, and I'll be putting a 6.2 Ford motor in it. So like what you find in a, in a three quarter ton or a Raptor, uh, putting uh, two turbos on it and TR6060 and big nasty rear end, building it to thrash on. Super. Now, for most most of the listeners, a unibody Ford truck is like 61, 62, 63, somewhere around in there, right? That it's, those right there are the only ones. Okay, and that is basically where the truck body, the cab, and the bed is all one piece, and it's got a real stylish little set of lines to it, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think it's a pretty sexy little truck. It's odd that they, they really weren't that popular when they were when they were built. And so obviously they didn't carry the you know the program very long. But it looks like it looks like it's it's regular truck counterparts. It's just that there's no division between the bed and uh and the and the cab on it. 
So they're they're kind of like El Caminos in some regard, but they're but they are really trucks. They're not hybrid truck cars. They're just they're just trucks that the bed doesn't come off of. And a good friend of mine, John, here at work, he's our parts guy. He's what handles handles all the acquisition, retention of parts, stuff like that. He uh, he has one, and it's set for twenty four years. And we threw it together in a couple weeks, and and we've just been banging away on it. And it's got a little two twenty three six on it, and it travels all over the state. And, and so we we definitely a couple of us here are big time F one hundred guys. On the TV show, when you guys get ready to do a project, how does that happen? Is it a spontaneous thing, or do you think this out like a season ahead of time, or how do you guys do it? And it, that's uh, to be honest, there's about a hundred answers for, for that. As okay. many things as you've ever thought that there's that many different answers to that. Uh, so I like to early on it was whatever showed up. All right, what do we do? And then you figure it out from there. And then it got into you know. You know, there was basically it kind of stayed that way for a long time. And then so in the last couple of years, what I've tried to do is kind of have a little bit more of a plan. Say, I want to build this car this way. Let's go hunt for this car. I want to build this car this way. Let's go hunt for this car. And it happens and that works out maybe 40, 50 percent of the time. And the rest of it is just kind of whatever comes through the door. And then we try and give ourselves a little room. Obviously, the the builds that don't come together quite as well typically are the ones that just showed up and we because we our vendors don't have lead time if uh, we're trying to deal with parts that we can get and if we can't get the parts we want then we have to change the plans and so typically if, if the car can sit in the parking lot for a month or two at least then uh, i'm able to do a much bigger job uh, you know not a, li- a lot more of a knockout because we're able to get with our vendors get parts that either don't exist or get them to to provide me parts that i need to make the parts that i want so basically, to kind of expedite the process a little bit for the for the purposes of the show, you've kind of have it thought out a little bit, and everything's kind of lined up ahead of time. Yeah, yes and no. Sometimes, sometimes that that thought out process is a matter of about a week and a half. Sometimes wow. it's sometimes it's six months. And so there there are some vehicles that I get uh, they show up on Monday and and they expect them three weeks later done. You know, I mean, just that just like that. So we tear it down and get on the phone, start calling stuff. So I mean, that does still happen. We try and reduce that because we've come, we've grown accustomed to building a certain level of car. And we and whenever that happens, if the cars if the car builds really simple, then we're able to move through it really easily. If it's a car that there's a lot of aftermarket support for, if there's not a lot of aftermarket support for, then we have to limit what we're going to do because it takes a certain amount of hours for us to manufacture the parts. And so, like it's always a it's a, you know a, we're juggling all the time. You know, it just depends on you know if you know if we have more hands to help or if it's just us. Now you you're a fairly accomplished car guy to begin with. Would it be fair to say that in the four years that you guys have been doing the TV show, that your skill level has basically kind of improved? Would you say you've learned a lot too in the process? Well, so right now the the, the vehicle on the rack is number seventy eight or seventy nine uh, cars we've built since uh, February two thousand twelve, and so there is a there is a a specific grade or angle of the, curve, of the curve of every car you build, and then say and you take everything you learned on the previous car, even if it was a different kind of build, a different kind of car, and it's all cumulative through your lifetime. And so, yeah, that, so in one regard, the high speed that we build at is an absolute disaster. There are so many compromises that have to be made and decisions that have to get, you know, we, where I have to cut off things that I really desperately wanted in the vehicle. But at the same time, though, the, the, the experience has just gone through the roof, and uh, there's there's no there's no substitute for experience. You learn what works and what doesn't work, and the things you, that worked out well, you can come back to, and the things that don't, you don't ever talk about again. Wow. Now, tell us a little bit about your background a little bit, because you're you're kind of a car guy. So, how did how how did, where's your background as far as cars, and what did you do when before before the days of Fast and Loud? Well, uh, it's man, to tell you the truth, as long as 
I've been making money, as long as I've been 15, this has pretty much been it. I stocked shelves for a very short period of time. When I was in high school, I worked at the mall for a few months. But get right down to it, making stuff is really the only thing I've ever done. Slung some tires, worked at four-wheel parks, throwing on lift kits, done, you know, a really air ride is where, where, where it happened. I learned how to cut and weld, and then we started bagging cars and trucks. And, and then in every skill set, you know, I... I decided one day I came to work and I decided that it wasn't going to be a job. This was going to be my craft. And if it was going to be my craft, that means that every car I did need to be better than the last one. Every day I came to work, I needed to be better than the day before. And so that's just something I've worked on every day. I try and learn something new, try and expand my horizons. And uh, th- this year, I've just been pushing really deep into, into doing CNC work, uh, 3D modeling in it, breaking it apart, cutting it on 2D, or working on it in the mill. And so because the world, so the world's evolving, and, and, you know, and street rotting is not just – you know, it's not just flame cutting a part out and then welding it on the side of the frame. I mean, it's it's a different it's a different world now. So I'm trying to evolve with it. And uh, the only thing I've ever done is, is build cars. It's obviously uh, it's ramped up quite a bit in the recent years, though. Was uh, a family member, your dad, your uncle, something like that? Were they in the cars? Did they have an influence on you? Oh, absolutely. Um, my dad, no, no one professionally, but my my, my father built uh, built cars in the drag scene here in Fort Worth, Dallas area um, for for many many years. And then, like so many men, when uh, when I came along, that pretty much came to, to to a screeching halt. I don't I don't you know you don't think my dad ever had any animosity about it, but he. Uh, I mean, we just didn't, we didn't have cars. We always, we, we lived well. I mean, we had everything we needed, but we didn't have toys. We didn't have motorcycles and dirt bikes, and we didn't have extra cars and hot rods and race cars. And so my dad just maintained the, the vehicles that we did have, and, uh, and I helped him with that stuff, what I could. But my dad's kind of an interesting guy when it comes to teaching. As, uh, when I was 16, he bought me a pickup truck, a little Ford Ranger, and, uh, and then I wanted something cooler, so I saved my nickels and pennies, and I bought a, a Cherokee Chief, like an 84, uh, and uh, it had a locked-up transmission, so it took it all out and uh dad goes there's the tools uh call me if you get stuck and that and that was kind of it so i've kind of i've been on my own for you know had to find my own answers for you know uh quite a long time and i tell people all the time they they ask me how do you know all these things well, it's not that I know all these things. What I'm, what I'm good at is finding answers. Is that, is that every day, whether it's cars, at home, at work, whatever, all, we're, all we are is faced with problems. And then it's not, it's not – everyone doesn't know how to fix the problem. What we have to learn how to do is find the answers. So you just, it's, it's, it's not inherent to know everything. You just have to find the answers. That's right. Okay, good. Now, next week is SEMA. So what's fun for you at SEMA? I know you've got to do a lot of PR. I know you've got to take a lot of pictures. I know you got guys like me that say, hey, 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 all the time and bug the living daylights out of you. But you do a very, very good job you know, with, uh, with all your fans and stuff like that. So when you get a chance, what are some of the other cool things you like to look forward to SEMA? I mean, it's obviously a big opportunity for a car guy like you. So, so I, I, I uh, approach it this way. So SEMA is car guy prom. You know, I, I have car no guy better, prom, I, I like I, that. I, I have no better explanation because to get right down to it, do I need to go spend FaceTime with all these these people? Not really. If, am I going to be shocked by something that's there that I, you know, it, no, not really. And so the, the thing is, there are some people that hide stuff and bring it out, and that's really, really exciting, especially in today's uh, technology culture where I know what everyone's doing as of last hour, whether it's Facebook or it's Instagram or something like that. And so, you know, the one, it's, it, it drives us apart, but it also kind of keeps us together. I've seen a lot of this stuff, but the stuff that I really like, I want to see in person. I really want to see what it looks like there. How did it all come together and without, without an Internet filter between it and me? And so I always look forward to that. And the one thing that people forget is we're on a television program. That's true. But we're fans first. 
you know, and so if I've got, I've got, you know, a lot of, I don't know if I call them heroes, but a lot of guys that I look up to that just go to work and kill it every single day, you know, and, they, and they're doing the same things, whether they're building street rods or hot rods, whether they're building race cars or trucks. And, uh, and, the, and the thing is, I can't wait to go see some of these things in person. But the biggest thing is, is to, just to see, like I said, it's car guy prompt. To see my homeboys that I see one time a year. You know what? We have a beer. We hang out. Talk about all the headache of getting to SEMA. Talk about what's next, what they're looking forward to. And just, uh, you know, tell each other lies and hang out. You know, and that's, and that's the best part of it, I think. Yeah, you're right. Now, you talk about some of the guys that you call heroes. So let's just say uh, Troy Trepania, Steve Strope, the Ring Brothers, for example. Out of those guys, and, and many, many more, Chip Foose and people like that, uh, Brian Fuller, who kind of uh, do a lot of these guys kind of are they inspirational to you as well? I mean, you know, I mean, you look at their stuff, their builds, and you go, "Wow, hey!" And I mean, does it give you ideas? Oh, you know, absolutely. You know, it's it's really strange that uh, a, a lot of the guys that uh, that we go and see, and and we're bringing cars to the same events that they're bringing cars to, and they had a big impact on me early on in my career. I feel my career is incredibly fresh, incredibly new, and so and these guys have been doing it for such a long time, and they really, really influenced what I, I the Everything I that I'm sorry, rephrase that. The fact that I'm here, you know, the fact that I'm I'm doing things, the fact that I'm building cars, the fact that uh, heck, the fact that we're on TV, you know, they, they were a huge motivating factor in doing this so seriously and, and so consistently that it got me here. So yeah, it's always it's always wonderful, especially to meet them, and and not just in that kind of setting, but anytime we get out and ride motorcycles or we just end up at the same place and we can have casual conversation that's not you know not on television or anything like that. It's great to see these people that in that inspired you and you know and, you know maybe in some ways changed my life, and to be able to just hang out with them and talk industry, just talk cars, talk motorcycles, talk cutting and welding stuff. And so that's, that's always a, a, you know, a wonderful experience, is especially to be accepted by some of these people that you maybe not idolize, but you've had such a profound amount of respect for. To be able to sit down and have a conversation as a, as a peer, that is, is just one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me. The uh, last year you had the Black Ford GT, which you bought as a wreck on the show, and then you fixed it and bagged it. And I got to tell you, that was one, and I'm going to use the term bitch and looking car, because I truly like that. And that car actually went up for sale, I think, at the auction at Scottsdale this year, right? Uh, something like that. To, to be honest with you, so after we build the cars, I have, I have very little idea what happens to them. Sometimes the cars are sold before we finish them, and I don't know what states they go to. So, yeah, I know that it's sold. It's definitely not here anymore. I don't remember what he got for it. Uh, I think he was less than uh, thrilled with the price he got. But there again, I mean, when is he not? But uh, but that but that being said, I, we we loved the car. We adored the car. So many cars for me are their work. You know, you're really excited about the project when you get going. You get into it a little bit, and then ultimately by the end, you're ready to be done with it and move on to the next one. Not that you dislike it. You're just ready to move on. Well, the GT, I'm not a supercar kind of guy, and I really I love the car even more after working on it, after experiencing it and understanding why they did what they did and how and what transpired to get that car to fruition. You know, it really was fun to work on, fun to learn about. So, so we, we definitely enjoyed it, and definitely one of the more powerful cars on the show. Obviously, the Dart made a little more power, um, but the uh, – and, and the truck we're building now makes a, a fair amount of power, but it was—it's an extremely fast car, and we we had a blast building it. Yeah, the Dart was there last year too. I think that's the one you took the uh, the motor out of the um, the, the, Hellcat. Ch- the Hellcat, right? Exactly. Now the the do you ever kind of like like? And I'll use the Ford GT as an example, or maybe the or maybe the Dart. Do you ever kind of like go, "Damn, I really would like to have that car myself." I mean, do you ever have an opportunity to 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 get one of those cars that you really build? Uh, 
Brandon, to answer the question as diplomatically as possible, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, so so do I desire many of them? Yeah, but my driveway's only so big, and, you know, I, you can't take them all home. It's like, it's for me, it's kind of like a, it's like working at the, you know, at the animal shelter. It's like no matter how much in love you are with them, at some point you can't, I mean, you can't take them all home. You can't, you can't save them all. And so, you know, that's just, I kind of, uh, you know, for me, I feel the same way. I, I enjoy building all the cars. Some of the cars I desperately love, but they're well beyond my price range. And uh, and so it's just not a reality. And they're and they're not mine. I'm I'm paid to build the cars, and, and that's it. So I, I learned to not not uh, become married to them, not fall in love with them that way. A long, long time ago, it makes it easier to come to work. But yeah, we built a lot of cars that I wish I had. And some cars, uh, you know, I've even we build it get to go thrash on it a little bit and you get it out of your system and you and you had a great time building it and you realize that you really didn't want to own those but you know you didn't know that until you built one <laughs> what's your daily driver uh, well i've got a uh oh was it five oh five f350 uh, so built built six liter i went out and bought a six liter on purpose because everyone everyone says they suck and i and i, I just refuse to accept it so bought one built it and i love it to pieces Super, super, super. So you did all the trick stuff and bulletproofed it and all that other cool stuff they do to a 6.0 then, right? Absolutely. I'll, and and the, it pulls my race car around, hauls my butt to work, and it's got a, motorcycles in the back all the time. And, I mean, I, I absolutely love that little book. Well, that's super. Now, what kind of bikes you got? Um, uh, so uh, 749, uh, prepping to turn into a track bike. Uh, Ducati, and then I've got on my Harleys. I've got a, a my purple and black, my my rigid hand shift bike. It's a shovel head. I'm uh, collecting parts for a '66 shovel, and then I've got my '42 WLA, um, and uh, and then my I've been building the Dyna, been working on it a little bit, but between work and all my other projects, they, everything's been neglected a little bit. Yeah, but my daily ride, in fact, I'm looking at it right now. I, I have an O3 Buell. It's one of those things if it gets backed into or I drop it or something, it's a three thousand dollar bike, so I'm not worried about it. If I told myself. If when it blows up, I'll replace it with something better. Problem is, it just won't die. <laughs> it's bulletproof. Wow. Hey, Aaron, I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes and hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I know you're busy. Sure. I know you get ready for some shows. If people want to find out more about you, get a hold of you, to follow you or anything like that, how do they go about doing that? Man, uh, tell you the truth, I'm uh, not on Facebook, so my Instagram handle's uh, at the ArcLight on Instagram, and uh, same thing at Gmail. They hit me on the email, so it's uh, uh, arclightdallas at gmail.com, and those are the those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. DM me through uh, Instagram or send me a, shoot me an email at uh, arclightdallas uh, at gmail. Super. And then, of course, the TV show, Fast and Loud, right? Yeah, you can catch me there on uh, Monday nights. Uh, I have no idea how they decide when to air what, so your guess is as good as mine is when uh, when we'll be on. But the, the, like I said, the economy line we're working on now, uh, it's uh, they call it Mega Week, so it'll be on before the end of the year, two-hour special, and uh, that's definitely one I wouldn't want to miss. What year is the Econoline? line? 64. Oh, oh, a straight-axle car. Nice, nice. That's going to yeah. be real interesting. And you're going to do a center drive out of that, right, you said? Well, yeah, drive, you're driving the center, 1,000 horsepower, motors in the back. So. Okay, can you tell us what kind of motor is going to be in it? It's Ford, and it's Good. in excess of 500 inches. It's got 871 sitting on top of it. All right, all right. Well, Aaron, you take care. Look forward to seeing you out there in uh, SEMA next week. And, uh, again, thank you very much. And I want to thank my special guest this evening, Aaron Kaufman from Fast and Loud. Thanks, Aaron. guys. We'll see you. Take care, guy. All right, Bobby, let's see. You got something on the turntable for us? I do. Coming right up. Here's some more psychedelic. We got Golden Dawn. Starvation. 
That's right. All right. Hey, you tune into Nostalgia Getting Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back. We have another guest for you this evening. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Where can you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salads, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo. Call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit Sweet Island Hey, this is Chip Foose, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Rock on. Okay, we're back. Yeah, thanks, Chip. Thanks, Aaron. Aaron, here we had Aaron on for a few minutes. That's pretty cool. So let's talk a little about the British Car Show. British Car Show was pretty cool. Downtown Safety Harbor. Special thanks to the guys at the Tampa Bay British Car Club and the Austin Healy Club. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, GulfstreamMotorsports.com and Nostalgic Radio and Cars, because we got some pretty cool pictures up there. Some pretty interesting cars there. There was a lot of Heelys there. There was some really cool Triumph, TR250s. Miss Moneypenny was there, a bunch of MGs. Mike Ruckman was there with his uh, two MGBs. He had a 64 Spider or Spider, Roadster, or yeah, I guess they call it a Roadster. Um, typically, a Roadster is a two-seater, and I guess you could call him a kind of a two-seater, even though you can squeeze two people in the back. And uh, so he had his 70 there, real nice car, and he had his uh, 64. Glenn from Glenn's MGs was there. Let's see who else. Walt was there. Jerry Coker, who's... Uh, the guy that originally penned and designed the, the big Healy, the 104, he was there. In fact, there's a picture of myself and him there, 
or him and myself, him and me, whatever, whatever's grammatically correct. Uh, let's see. There was a bunch of guys. Craig Ross was there. He had a really cool Healy race car that was actually, it's not a works car, but what it was is a factory prepared um, Austin Healy 61 uh, MK3000. Let's see. What else was there? Uh, Paul Securus from uh, Lakeland was there with uh, his beautiful, stunning uh, Royal Maroon or Burgundy-colored uh, Jaggy-type Roadster. Number of Mini Coopers there. Uh, Sunbeam Tiger. Another car that's actually unusual. It's not a big collector car, but there was a uh, mid-70s, I'd say 75, 76, um, um, uh, Jensen Healy shooting brake. Now, the English refer to a station wagon or a long hatchback as a shooting brake. So that's what that was. But what was interesting about this car is it actually had a slider in it. So it was pretty cool. Um, let's see what else was there. Tons of TR6s, tons of TR4s, tons of TR3s. Just a lot of really cool British car shows, so, or British cars. So the, uh, the British car show that they have every year annually in the fall at Safety Harbor is, is really a spectacular show because they rope off the whole street and everything like that. And uh, it's a lot of fun. The uh, Punta Gorda Air Show it was pretty interesting. Now, the reason we were down there is because we're helping our good friends over at HSR, Historic Sports Car Racing, which is this weekend in Savannah, I might add, and um, up at uh, Hutchison Island. And uh, on December 4th, they're doing a special HSR event. And it's the typical vintage racing, but it's a, called the Classic 12 Hours. So what they're going to do is consecutively for 12 hours, they're going to run cars they're going to race okay but they're going to race them in groups so but it's consecutively for 12 hours so that's what's kind of interesting as opposed to a couple hours here take a break a couple hours and so on so uh what we're trying to do is coordinate some vintage airplanes because you know that was an old bombing or not bombing range but that was an old military airfield back in the day Sebring was so what we're going to do is we're going to have some military aircraft show up down there so that was the purpose for us to go down there is to uh recruit some vintage aircraft and there was a corsair there there was a spitfire there not spitfire a mustang and a number of, uh, of uh, vintage airplanes, including a Lockheed uh, L-12, which was very similar to the one that was used, actually the one that was used in the movie for Amelia Earhart. So anyway, hey, it's time to introduce our next guest on this. Uh, I'll tell you more about that next week. Our next guest is the uh, promoter and organizer of the Zephyr Hills Fall Auto Fest at Zephyr Hills this weekend. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Craig Pearson. Craig, are you there? Yes, I am. How you doing? How you doing? So tell us about All what's... Right. What's going on this weekend? Now, you got a huge event going on over there, car show, swap meet, auctions. Go ahead and let us have it. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Uh, Zephyr Hills is uh, at Festival Park, uh, just immediately uh, south of Zephyr Hills on 301. Uh, that location has been uh, hosting events now for oh, almost 28 years, uh, and they've been doing uh, two events a year primarily, which is a fall event and a winter event. So they're... Uh, these events usually uh, happen in uh, November, last part of October this year. Uh, we're on this week. The event will be uh, going on Thursday through Sunday, which is October 27th through the 30th, again at Festival Park, uh, State Road 301. Again, immediately uh, south of downtown Zephyr Hills, where we'll be having uh, four big days of an automotive swamp meets, uh, four days uh, open for our car corral section. Uh, for some of the auto enthusiasts that perhaps are new to the game of being an auto enthusiast, if you will, a car corral is basically a section of a show where uh, people bring their vehicles for sale, and they call it a car corral. And also, uh, of the four days on Saturday of the uh, four-day event, we're planning a large uh, automotive auction uh, car show, 
and we're having a valve cover races that will go on at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So that's kind of a show, shine, and race. Uh, valve cover racing is uh, one of those things that have uh, kind of become popular in the last four or five years. Uh, it's very inexpensive. People will find uh, an old engine that's just uh, sitting around, uh, take the valve cover off of it, uh, maybe steal their uh, their, their, their kids' uh uh, hot wheels or their uh, uh, skates and put wheels on them and they go down a chute and uh, they see how, how far it'll travel. Interesting, interesting. So that means if I bring out my polished aluminum Cobra valve cover and throw a set of wheels <laughs> on it and some casters, I can race. Yes, yes, that's right, that's right. Okay. Also, uh, of the four days, uh, the first 200 people uh, through the gate uh, on a daily basis uh, will receive uh, uh, free of charge uh but again, the first 200 people through the uh, gate, a uh, collector car caps. Uh, also, Sunday, the last day of the event, is what we call Bargain Day. and uh, That's uh, half-price entry. And through the, again, four-day period, uh, we have Dave's uh, automotive car trivia. It goes on all day. We do ask that you don't refer to your cell phones. We kind of try to uh, pick somebody close to us uh, uh, so that they don't just look it up and answer uh, it. You know, to answer the questions that way, and uh, the uh, uh, for the correct answers, uh, they get two uh, collector uh, Zephyr Hills promotional T-shirts, um, and again, that goes on all day. From uh, we're open from eight in the morning until five in the afternoon. Okay, and if they want to find out more about it, do they go to a website? And, uh, and yeah, if you want to uh, find out more about it, uh, you can uh, give us a, a call up at eight one three area code. 312-4009, or they can go to our website at ZephyrHillsAutoEvents.com. Okay. Now, anything special, any special features, anything like that, unique stuff going on? Because I know in the old days, they used to have some uh, little dirt track racing in the back. Do you guys do that kind of stuff there? Yeah, we've been trying to get that restored. Um, uh, the... Uh, Probably the dirt uh, track racing hasn't gone on now, I'm going to say, for about eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a shame because we see the old Pepsi-Cola trailers over there, and uh, the grass has probably grown up uh, over your waist, uh, over the track, and it is a shame. And we're trying to work with the uh, the county uh, on their... Uh, they they uh, kind of declared it a wetland area, and uh, even though... Uh, uh, the the uh, racing had gone on there for about 30 years, but they're, uh, you know, trying to uh, uh, get together with the authorities to be able to bring that back because it was a great event. People enjoyed sitting in the stands and watching the nostalgic uh, uh, racers go by. Well, that would be great if you could do that because that's kind of, like you said, that's a bit of uh, history there because that had been going on for 30-some-odd for years, I know. And um, Yes. So um, the auction, tell us a little bit about the auction. How many cars are going to be there at the auction? Uh, yeah, the auction, uh, again, will uh, go on on Saturday. Uh, it'll be starting at about 11 o'clock, and we expect it to uh, uh, to run probably through the end of the day, which uh, probably will be about 5. We have, uh, uh, I believe, um, close to 100 cars uh, registered in for uh, Saturday's auction. Uh, I know we do not have the uh, cars online, uh, simply because mostly it, it's... Uh, an auction where individuals are, are bringing their cars uh, auctioned off at uh, small dealers as opposed to uh, uh, to the large auctions. There's nothing wrong with large auctions or small auctions, but the, 
there is a, a, quite a difference. We have uh, one gentleman today that uh, brought a kind of a unique piece. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm 72 years old, so to me it's not quite a classic yet. Um, but my generation remembered it as the family truckster. <laughs> he brought in a uh, fair auction, a uh, full option Pontiac Grand Marquis wagon. I mean, this has everything uh, that General Motors Pontiac division ever offered in a, in a, in a vehicle. I mean, it's got the, uh, the wood grain siding. It's got the two-way tailgate. Um, it has power steering, power brakes power windows, uh, crews, uh, everything that, again, that was offered in 1988 is in this vehicle. And there's there's not a blemish anywhere in the interior. 52,000 original miles uh, was uh, brought in by an estate curator uh, from a, a doctor who was up in Georgia. And uh, he uh, uh, finally got rid of this vehicle. I guess he got too old to drive it. So it, it's, it's a real uh, survivor. And you don't often see that type of vehicle. No, you Sometimes don't. You'll see cars that are built and uh, all patched up because they spent too much time up north with a lot of salt getting in their their, their veins of the vehicle, if you will. But uh, uh, this is just a beautiful piece, and uh, we're expecting you know, something like that to uh, uh, sell out, and it'll probably sell out under ten thousand dollars. And then today, if you're a car collector. Uh, $10,000 doesn't buy you very much. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Now, I want. we're just about up against the clock here a little bit. Now, you, you also do the Sumter County. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, real quick. The, uh, yeah, we also put on the uh, monthly Sumter swap meets. Uh, we've been doing those for 24 years now. They run September through June, the uh, first Sunday of every month, September through June. And we actually fill approximately 900 to 1,400 vendor spaces for a one-day event. It starts at 7 o'clock in the morning. Everybody piles in, and uh, they're all home for dinner. Everybody loves the event. Um, there is so much there. Um, we have an attendance of probably three to 5,000 people, depending on weather conditions. Wow. And that's been held at the Sumter County Fairgrounds now, again, for, uh, for 24 years. Okay. Craig, we're up against the clock. I want to thank you very much. Everybody yeah. go to the Zephyr Hills yeah. Fall Festival at the park. That's right. And uh, don't forget, Sumter County Fairgrounds, first Saturday, first Sunday of every month, right? That's correct. First okay. Sunday of every month, September through June. Okay. Thank hey, take you, care. Robert. All right, take yeah, care. We'll, nice see, we'll see you yep. there this weekend. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Be sure and tell your friend every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. on Tantalk Radio Network. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfShipMotorsports.com. Like us on Facebook. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family. to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Day. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.